Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, uh, back uh, in the uh, proverbial saddle, uh, <laughs> Niner Noise Associate Editor, Peter Fantasy. Peter, how's it going, man? Just hanging out with a kid. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, we've, got, uh, we've got my son on here on the podcast uh, today, too. Nice. So he's going to give his thoughts, his insights. I'm sure. What's, I'm sure he will. Uh, what's up for week six? Yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. Good stuff. Um, always good. Good to hear. We, it's nice to have a third third co-host. Um, I'm sure he has lots of lots of thoughts about how the how the Niners are progressing so far in this his first his yeah, first season. Yeah, his first season. I mean, he's seen the highs and lows, right? I mean, like. You know, he got some ideas on like how just things can be so disjointed in week one, and then like okay, week two, like oh, injuries happen. Oh wait, what happened in week three? That was boring. Yes, it was. You know, and so he's he's kind of caught the gambit. The season's provided that. So uh, I'm telling yes, this is the life of a 49ers fan. So you do not understand what you're getting into, but <laughs> you will learn. Yes, yes, uh, young young man, you certainly will. Um, so injuries, uh, injuries are a thing. We'll talk about some injuries here in a little bit. Um, I don't know if you caught the uh, the post game <laughs> podcast, which turned into um, a lot of talk about how sad we were about the 49ers losing more players. And gosh, it just seems like every week is another thing. But um, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll spend a little bit of time talking about that here in, in a little bit. But um, this, of course, uh, we're heading into is week six, right? It, it kind of losing track of time. Um, yeah, thanks, Austin. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. <laughs> confirming <laughs> he my he doesn't like injuries either. No, nah, I don't blame him. Um, I'm sure he's really against them. But uh, yeah, so the Niners are have been they're staying on the east. They've been staying on the east coast, sort of. I guess they're in West Virginia. That kind of counts. Um, after uh, taking care of the Panthers last week, um, which was an awesome thing to be a part of. Um, in a in a two thirds filled stadium with 49ers fans, I'd say. Um, not a good showing for, for the Carolina faithful, but, uh, Niners heading to Atlanta 
this Sunday to take on the Falcons. Um, kind of worked out really nicely for them because they got the four o'clock East Coast game um, last week, uh, and then it turned into, and then they get the one o'clock game this week, which means they didn't have to worry about an early start body time in uh, for one of the weeks, and then this coming Sunday they'll be able to finish the game and get out to the West Coast in a in a in an earlier fashion. So that. That the schedules uh, makers really really uh, helped them out a little bit in that particular regard. Not only putting these two games back to back, but putting them in a scheduling them in a way that that I, I think only benefits the Niners in a in from that perspective in a way that it might not in other circumstances. Yeah, you don't have to worry about. I mean, that with with that Carolina game, I mean, it's it's the body clock time. It's it's mm-hmm. a normal start time on the you know, fairly regular, normal body clock, you know, as you, as you look at it. And then of course, just staying back in the same time zone, it, it, it works out. And, you know, no matter what, if you look at an NFL schedule for any team, you're, you're going to say, Oh, Hey, you know, got screwed, whatever. But in all honesty, like the league does try to do things like that, where it's like, okay, you know, especially teams that have to travel a lot more, they're going to be <laughs> subjected to a lot yeah. more crap. You know, 49ers, you know, Rams, Seahawks, you know, uh, Raiders, anybody who's out here on the West Coast, you're right. going to deal with that. Uh, whereas if you're in the NFC East and it's like, oh, yeah, Philly's got a road trip to, to, the, to the Giants. It's like, <laughs> like a two hour bus you, ride. You, yeah, are you driving? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a different. I mean, I mean, that's just sort of the, the geography of the United States, I guess. Right. The West Coast is very far away yeah. um, and it's very spread out. And then we had all these all these states kind of smushed together on the East Coast. So um, people, I bet you didn't realize you were turning into a, an American geography uh, episode of the 49ers uh, or the Niner Noise podcast. But here you go. Um, OK, enough of that. <laughs> so uh, Niners heading to um, uh, to Atlanta for another um, turf war. And I, and I mean that uh, very literally, they will be at war with the turf um, and also a little bit with the Atlanta Falcons, but we'll, uh, we'll get into that um, throughout the the remainder of the episode. We do um, unfortunately uh, with that uh, lovely little thought about the turf that, that leads me into a long, long, long conversation about all the players that have um, not been practicing or don't, you won't expect to play um, this coming Sunday. Um, so everybody take a breath with me. Cause this one, this one's a long one. So obviously we know Eric Armstead didn't travel with the team. So he certainly is not practicing or, uh, playing, uh, Javon Kinlaw has not practiced yet this week. So not looking good for him. Manuel Mosley is on the injured list, but he obviously will be having ACL surgery if he is not already, uh, and will not be there for the remainder of the season, but they haven't put him on IR officially. It'll probably happen at the end of the week. And then he won't be on the injury report anymore. Jimmy Ward uh, surgery on that broken hand. Um, I would imagine his first opportunity to play will be uh, next week against Kansas City if they decide that he's good to go to play with the with the club on his hand. But we'll have to see about that. Uh, Trent Williams <clears throat> hasn't practiced yet. He was, I think, he kind of earmarked this Atlanta game as a as a, a place that he could kind of slide in. Uh, but given the situation with the artificial turf that the Niners just had trouble with in Carolina, don't even get me started on that. I don't it's, it's, We don't need to talk about it um, in terms of why that stadium has it in the first place. Uh, I would be very shocked if it turns around that he doesn't practice all week and then ends up playing on Sunday at this point. Um, and that's pretty much it for not 
practices other than Nick Bosa, who hasn't practiced with the groin injury. Um, Shanahan did say in his presser the other day that he could play, um, but him not practicing thus far uh, this this week doesn't bode super well with that. I, I mean, I suppose if anybody amongst this group could just kind of get out there without practice, I think Nick Bosa and Trent Williams would be the two. But at the same time, those would be the two names that you'd be most concerned about, like running out there on the, another turf field and them getting hurt again. So I, I don't know about you. I'm I'm thinking let them both ride out another week, um, especially Bosa. Um, but Williams is it, no, no need to run him out there, especially with the chiefs who are a, a strong defensive team and a really strong team across the board coming up uh, next week um, in Levi stadium. I say, just, just leave them, leave them be. I think the Niners have enough, uh, enough firepower with, without those two. And they, they really need to be thinking long-term at this particular point, as opposed to how they can beat the Falcons in week six. I don't know what you think about that, Peter. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much spot on. I mean, if this was like a week 16 game and the Niners are, you know, either contending for the division crown or, you know, in a wild card spot, but like don't want to slip out of it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you run them out there, um, especially if it's against an opponent that you, you, you might challenge you for playoff seating or something like that. It, it, it's the Falcons. You know, they're feisty. They're a, a lot better than they were expected to be but they're still vastly inferior. You know, I mean, let's, let's call it how it is. So, you know, the 49ers have gotten by without Trent Williams. Um, you know, Jalen Moore hasn't been great, but he hasn't been a disaster either. Um, you know, the rest of the O-line is, has held up well enough. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a terrible group and, and, and that's fine. And then the 49ers pass rushing depth. I mean, you saw it when Nick Bosa came out, I mean, you got guys like Hassan Ridgeway and, and Kevin Gibbons and Charles Amenahu coming in and and creating pressure. Samson Edcam, you know, doing the same. And you know, these guys are reserves, and and you know, Carolina might stink, but that offensive line is not terrible. And so, I mean, the, the B-listers for San Francisco on the defensive <laughs> line should make it well enough to the point where you know Nick Bosa's absence for another week isn't going to be a match. Massive blow. I mean, would you prefer to have him out there? Of course he would. Sure. But long term picture, big picture, you don't want you don't want to mess around with that. You don't want to put him in a situation where he aggravates anything, especially maybe TMI here, but like I've pulled a groin muscle <laughs> and, and I, I, I did so in softball years ago. Mm. And man, like you don't rush that. Yeah. <laughs> like you need to let that thing heal up and heal right. Like, you know, and and Gosh, you like you think oh that's a groin, you know, tough it up and go out there. It's like no, <laughs> you can't. So you know, give them give them some time. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so that was the the first chunk of the injury list. <laughs> Those are players who have not practiced yet this week through Thursday and are not going to play more than likely on Sunday. Uh, a couple of others, uh, Sab- Samson Embicom, who you mentioned, um, had an Achilles thing. That was a terrifying thing in the presser the other day as well. Sh- Shanahan was just like, he just threw it out nonchalantly. He was just like, uh, Ebicom has a has an Achilles. And like you could tell he was just trying to move past it. <laughs> like, let's not talk about it. Cause it really was just like Achilles tightness from, from the, from the turf. And I think it was Matt Mayoko immediately asked him like, um, so what's the deal with that? And he, so he had to explain it, but, um, nonetheless seemed to be okay. Um, Robin gold appears to be moving in the right direction. Um, after not practicing on Wednesday, had a full practice on, uh, Thursday. So he's 
seems to be good to go. Um, let's just make sure that we can fix the uh, the the return unit so that he doesn't have to get anywhere near the ball or the 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 running the runners anymore. That that's that's shouldn't be happening. Um, Aaron Banks had a knee also related to the turf. He's been limited all week, but I think he should be all good to go. Uh, Danny Gray was out with the illness um, or was limited with an illness on Wednesday, but was all good on Thursday. Tyler Croft has been upgraded to limited practices this week. So I guess there's a chance he could be in the mix. It feels like he's been out like all year um, and maybe so they've just been kind of losing that spot. Um, but there you go. Um, Tarverius Moore also limited with the hamstring. Uh, he could be tracking to play. Um, good news on the injury front is that uh, Ty Davis Price appears to be uh, ready to to return with his from his high ankle sprain. He was a, has been a full participant in practice so far this week. What that means with uh, the Niners bringing Tevin Coleman in full time in the fifty three man roster and Jeff Wilson taking over as the the sort of lead running back remains to be seen. Um, but it definitely appears that Shanahan does not trust uh, Jordan Mason as his third running back. So maybe he trusts Ty Davis price more. I don't know. We shall see. It'll be really interesting to see if, if price gets elevated, because I think it's going to be one of the two, right? It's going to be Davis price or, or Jordan Mason getting the, the third spot. And it'll just kind of come down to who's the healthiest and who Shanahan trusts more. Um, and then Diamondor Lenore and Jeff Wilson both had injuries coming into the, into the week, but have been full participants so far in practice. So lots of names there. Um, but that last group of people for the most part, I think is trending in the direction of playing. I think really, um, Tyler Croft and Tarverius Moore are the only ones that we haven't heard like definitively one way or the other about what their position is going to be, I think, but they've also been out for a long period of time. So it, who knows what's going on? Uh, the other interesting thing to watch out for will be whether or not Jason Verrett will be officially elevated from his. Um, I think I guess he was on the pup list, right? Um, right, right. So he's. This is the last week, if I'm not mistaken. Like they have to elevate him after this week. If they don't elevate him now, um, otherwise he has. To, he's done, right? That is that how it works. I think is that correct? Yeah, it, and I I can't. You have to forgive me on this. All the little obscure rules, and I'd known this rule before, but like, <laughs> well, they keep changing like, it. I'm IR sure too. Different practice windows. Yeah, yeah, and then the pup list is different too. So you know that that practice window that's open, but um, you know, judging by reports, and you could still do. You know, you could activate them, but then just stash them as an inactive and say he's right, not right. quite ready yet. So it's possible the players do that, except, except the only thing is like, all right, you need to clear somebody from the roster to, mm-hmm. you know, who you otherwise might like to have. But, but yeah, I mean, all signs so far pointing him to, to getting ready enough to come back. Um, and if you'll feel comfortable about that, and if he's 100% ready to go, that's a pretty darn good boundary tandem <laughs> <laughs> with our various yeah. board and, and and Jason Brett, if he can play in his 2020 form. So, yeah. you know, that might actually be an upgrade over Emmanuel Mosley, although, you know, Mosley was playing exceptionally well this season. So yeah, yeah. don't want to try to downplay that at all. Yeah. My my only concern again, and not to harp on this turf turf thing anymore, but is that so far, like Verrett hurt himself on turf in Detroit last year. Um Mosley goes down on turf in Carolina last week. And so my concern would be that you run him out there and I, I get, I get that just because he injured himself doesn't actually technically make it more likely that he's going to hurt himself again. Like these, these surgeries are done to such a great effect that it, that's not really how it works. 
but it still makes you, it still gives you the, a little bit of the, a little concern. Right. Um, and I could see them activating him and, or as you said, like putting him on the inactive list for the, for this week, or even if they leave him on the act on the active list, he's sort of like the break in case of emergency type of guy where they still run Lenore out there and they, you know, can use, um, uh, the Sam Womack out there as well. Don't forget. They also have Dante Johnson on the practice squad. If they want to make a practice squad elevation, he hasn't been elevated yet. I don't think this year. So he's still got a couple of, of elevations before they'd have to bring him on. They do have some interesting roster decisions to make. Um, like I believe Malik, uh, Malik Turner is out of roster elevation. So if they decide they want to bring him back as a special teams player, he would have to be added to the 53-man roster as well, which would make another decision that they have to make about what they want to do about that. So a lot of, a lot of things that they have to think about um, before this game on Sunday, and they got basically like two days left to make that decision. So it'll be really really interesting to see what they do with some of these guys with this injury list just growing and growing. And the fact that they are not putting people on IR because of of the the, the injured reserve list rules and how many players they can bring back just makes it more and more complicated. So they have all these short-term injuries that you can't quite figure out exactly how long these guys are going to be out for. And then it, they, they try to see if they can avoid putting guys on IR. And so far it's worked pretty well, but the list continues to grow and I'm, I'm just going to make it stop. Yeah. And, and you hope that it does. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Maybe some of these, I mean, I, I it feels like I say this every year that it's yeah. like, okay, the, the injury list piling up so frequently and just, oh, you, you wonder, like, can the Niners have a, a, a track record like the Bucks did when they won the Super Bowl where it's like they, they didn't have, hardly had any injuries. Uh, you know, you're just waiting for one year like that. But either way, I mean, I, I guess it, preferably you'd rather have a lot more short-term injuries yeah. than – Hey, done for the season, done for the season, done for the season, like <laughs> true, 2020. True. Yeah. I mean, and in, in that regard, I, I like that they made that change to the, to the IR rules. Cause it used to be, you put somebody on IR, like that's it. Season's over. It doesn't matter. Um, and so you would end up doing what they're doing with all these players anyway. Right. You'd be holding on to, to all these players with their, and just adding up to your inactive list and there wouldn't be anything you could do about it. So at least they have the ability to, to do something about it, but it's still, still concerning. Yeah. I know. I know yeah. it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Austin. Yeah. It's terrible. He's, he's telling it. He knows. He, yeah. see, he already knows. He already knows. He's, he's, he just read the, he just read the, uh, the injury list. He's just started crying. Oh, me too, man. Me too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Falcons list is much shorter. Um, I don't, I don't, it just makes me sad. Um, Elijah Wilkinson is a guard. He did not practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. Um, Michael Walker is a linebacker. He also has a groin injury. He has not practiced, so not looking good for him. Kyle Pitts, who did not play last week, I believe, um, against the Buccaneers, has been limited so far in practice this week. Um, yeah, that'd be kind of okay if he didn't play, but that's just me. Um, and then, oh my gosh, a name that I, Hold on, I'm gonna skip this guy because I don't know. Uh, Bradley Pinion is also on their on their list, but it's not injury related. He had a personal matter, so he has not been there this week. Um, and then they have, let's see, Ade Tokumbo. Ade Tokumbo. Yeah, Ogun Deji. Oh my goodness, I'm so bad with names. This is I I teach for a living, so I have to do names every all the time. And I'm so bad with him. Um, he's been limited in practice with a shoulder injury. He's another linebacker. 
Um, I believe they're also out with uh, that the one of their better shoot. What's the what's their Cordero Patterson? Yeah, Cordero Patterson's yeah, he's on, on IR. On IR. Yeah. And then the line their linebacker um, Deion Jones is that right? Mm-hmm. He's also on IR, I believe. Um, so they're they're pretty dinged up too, but they have a little bit of a uh, <laughs> a little bit of a shorter current injury list, and maybe uh, are missing um, some more key contributors um, on the on the IR list. So I don't know. Um, any any uh, anything jump out at to you among their list there? Peter? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll stick I'll stick with Cordero Patterson. You know. Oh, this is one thing, and and it was like I did an article a long time ago, <laughs> just kind of just some scheduling some stuff out, where I was like, yeah, Cordero Patterson is going to be a problem in in week uh, six, and oh yeah, he's on IR. Um, that's a boost for the 49ers. you know. Um, I mean, Tyler Algier, I think his name is, he's mm-hmm. the backup running back, pretty good, you know, um, four point seven yards a carry, you know, not, not quite as a, as a, a as dual threat type as Cordero Patterson was last year, although he hasn't really done that much this year in that regard. But Patterson's a game changer. Pitts is a game changer. And he you know, despite some of these setbacks, I don't know, you know, Drake London's looking really good. So, you know, you do have weapons that are potentially dangerous, but you know what the Falcons are going to want to do? They're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to control the clock. They're going to want to wear down San Francisco's defense. And, you know, depending on what Al Jair does, you know, that's going to be your factor. And with the banged up defensive line the 49ers have, maybe that's a problem. We'll yeah. see. But, you know, Cordero Patterson, I mean, obviously, Niners do catch a break. It, it, although they did a pretty good job last year bottling him up. So, yeah. Um, I misspoke, actually. Deion Jones just got traded to the Browns. So that's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he won't play. He will not be playing for the Falcons. <laughs> he won't be there. I mean, either way, I was correct about that. But, you know doesn't matter in that regard before we go any further let's take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Uh, all right. So, um, with all that in mind, we will, uh, let's, let's move into, uh, the more, uh, football related things. Cause obviously the injuries are one thing, but, um, it's more interesting to, uh, to talk about, 
uh, the football things that are interesting to us. And so we'll move into our uh, preview of the game um, by looking at uh, some reasons for optimism and reasons for concern about this game. So Peter, as per usual, I will give you the floor to start off with your reason for optimism because we like to think positively here. Yeah, start off on the positive note. And then literally, Falcons might be feisty, but look, one, that defense isn't good. Uh, and the 49ers offense last week kind of showed the signs that it was getting back into rhythm, right? The round game got back up going again. Jimmy Garoppolo was efficient, you know, spreading the ball around. You know, a couple of interesting stats here, just kind of keep an eye on. So the Falcons are allowing opponents to have an average of 6.9 plays per drive. That's dead last week. Thanks. They're allowing opponents to uh, gain 39.3 yards on average per drive, which is next to last in the league. And, you know, the pass defense isn't particularly great. Uh, the run defense, it's, you know, kind of in the bottom third, you know, as far as, as far as that's concerned. So they're giving up 4.6 yards a carry. So, you know, the Falcons offense, it's pretty one-dimensional. You know, you're not going to trust Marcus Mariota to go out there and, and sling the ball around like crazy. They're, you know, I think third worst in the league in, in pass yards. But it's going to be a run-first team, and that's pretty one-dimensional. And with, you know, the, the, the 49ers defensive line might be a little banged up, but it would be one thing if they had to rely on the pass rush a ton with guys like Kerry Hyder as opposed to just trying to clamp down on the run where you can actually use your linebackers and kind of stack them up in the box a little bit more, which is, I imagine, what the 49ers will do. You know, Kyle Pitts is a weapon. You know, Drake London is a weapon. But, you know, let's be honest here. The the game's going to be won on whether or not 49ers can take advantage of a very bad Falcons defense. And the numbers show it. So, I mean, that's a pretty big reason for optimism as long as the 49ers don't make mistakes. If they don't Mm. make mistakes, then, yeah. It'll probably be just fine. Yeah. Um, so I literally wrote down. So this is, you know, we're, look at this. We're on the same. We're on the same page. On the same page. I wrote. I I typed this out. I said Falcons defense gives up a lot of yards and points. Forty nine hours offense getting hot. So <laughs> we're on. The, we're exactly the same uh, train of thought there. Um, the Falcons are twentieth in the NFL in points allowed. Uh, they've given up one hundred and twenty two. Uh, points uh, so far in their five games. Uh, They have given up 1,965 yards, which is 27th in the NFL. Um, And then he noted their difficulty in stopping the pass. They're giving up 6.7 yards uh, net yards per attempt or net yards gained per attempt and through the air. And then you noted the 4.6 yards per carry that they're allowing um, on the ground. Um, And then it's, it's just, it, I mean, they have some some players on that team. Grady Jarrett uh, has been a problem for the 49ers in the past. Um, I, you know, the he's a player to to watch out for, and they're they're going to have to figure out how to stop him because he is the the main defensive cog for that uh, for that Falcons defense. But as you say, they are they're they're struggling. They haven't they have not played particularly well. I mean, even when the even the games that they've won this year. Um, they have won by a total of two points. Um, so it's not exactly a juggernaut of a defense going out there and, and making stops. If you look up, if you look up, up the yards, um, that they have la- allowed so far, um, they have allowed 385 against New Orleans in week one, 337 against the Rams in week two, um, 420 against Seattle. <laughs> 
Gosh, that makes me laugh. In week three, uh, 403 against the Browns in week four, and then 420 last week to um, to the, the Buccaneers. Um, and obviously, they've lost three of those games. Um, they've given up more than 110 yards three times on the ground, and every single one of their opponents has eclipsed 230 yards or, or 220 yards or more through the air. So there, there are yards there to get. There are points there to get. Um, and it's really just going to be a matter of the Niners continue to click on offense. Um, and there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of indication that's, that they won't be able to do that again, as long as they minimize mistakes. Um, and frankly, as, as, as long as Jimmy Garoppolo continues to be this version of him that we've had over the last two weeks, or even not even, he doesn't have to even get to the heights. I mean, cause I, uh, as we talked about last on earlier in the week, he played really, really well on Sunday and he doesn't even have to get to that point. As long as he's, you know, somewhere in between the Rams game and the in the Panthers game, then I think this the 49ers are going to be a okay as far as taking care of this Atlanta team, um, in my mind. So, all right, any any thoughts on that? Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, you know, it, it really does go into that fact that hey, don't don't mess up too bad. If that makes right. sense, right? Like yeah. if you literally are just because there was moments, and and I'll just say moments in the game against the Panthers where it kind of felt like, well, well potentially, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, potentially the Niners might want to give that game away. Yeah. Um, they didn't. And, 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 you know, kind of the second half, it was clamped down time. Um, but you know, that's, that's what can happen. You play down to your opponent and the foreigners have had a history of doing that. They've done it this season. I mean, you look at what happened against Denver, you look at what happened against, uh, Oh gosh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Chicago, week yeah. one. I mean, literally. So, yeah, you get into these sort of things where if you play down to your level of opponent, that's problematic. But you know, Garoppolo makes too many mistakes. There you go. You run into some issues. Uh, if he even just plays modestly, you know, hey, manage the ball, don't turn it over, and you know, be efficient enough. Ground game gets going, then everything's just fine. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and you know, just for the record, I was very concerned about the game on Sunday until Emmanuel Mosley returned that ball for, for the pick six. And then at that point I was like, yep, game's over. We're done. <laughs> exactly. Like literally exactly. it flipped in a second. Like my dad and I went to the game and I'm sitting there and going, are we going to, I actually literally said to him like moments before that happened, I was like, are we going to do this thing again where it's like a seven point lead at halftime again in a game that we've dominated. And then like seconds later, Baker was like, I got you buddy. It's okay. And he threw it right to, um, so thanks Baker get well soon I guess if you want to all right <laughs> so um, on to um, oh wait one more thing that I have to say because this just made me laugh I was looking at, at, at football outsiders DVOA numbers just to see where the Falcons were um, their defensive DVOA is 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 not super there at 27th in the NFL 9.3 percent um, Peter would you like to would you like to take a, a, a guess who the number one offensive DVOA team in in football is through five weeks, um, or through four weeks. Sorry, no, five weeks this this season. Why not? Just because we're talking about them, say the Falcons. <laughs> it is not the Falcons, but it's almost I sad. Know. I have no idea. Yeah, it's no the Seattle Seahawks. Oh man, gosh. Wow. Okay. That's, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they are sitting on top of the league in offensive DVOA ahead of Baltimore, Kansas city, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Miami, and then Buffalo somehow is in seventh. I don't understand. Um, anywho, but that, that's just wild to me. Like 
they're also 31st in the NFL in defense. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. What a, what a weird, what a weird team Seattle is this year. Yeah, oh, I kind of love it. it. I kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well on to um, reasons for pe- pessimism for, uh, for, for you uh, for this upcoming matchup on Sunday. So I kind of got into it a little bit, but 49ers defensive line is a little banged up, right? And sure, Cordero Patterson's out, but you know exactly what the Falcons are going to want to do. They know that they can't go out there and try to throw the ball around 30 times. They're not going to ask Marcus Mario to do that. They're going to hand it off. They're going to try to keep that offense going. Um, and with a bunch of B-listers on, on the defensive line, I, you know how many of those interior runs start to pick up five or six yards of carry. And I mean, it's kind of like what I used to do in Madden years ago, back when I actually played that game where it's like, if I could figure out a play that the guy I was playing couldn't stop, I, I, I don't care if I beat you 17 to 10, like <laughs> I, I don't, I don't need to, to run up the score. I'm just going to keep doing it until you can prove you can stop it. And so if, if Atlanta's doing a lot of that, you know, running the ball, picking up, you know, four and a half, five yards of carry, you could see this game turning into the kind of slugfest, you know, that grinded out sort of game that, you know, you look up and here you are in the fourth quarter and it's, you know, 17, 14, 49ers. And there's, you know, the Falcons suddenly have the ball at like the 50 yard line or something. And yeah, so that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm a little nervous about where it's just mm-hmm. Atlanta's managed to, to hang around well enough. And, and you know maybe force a turnover or two we'll see but but yeah it's it, that ground and pound wearing down a defense that's been on the road that'd be something i'd be uh, a little little worried about certainly concerned yep yep um i'm definitely with you on that for the most part um you know if you look at their their rushing numbers so far and obviously this includes cordell patterson so far um on the season they're seventh in the nfl in rushing uh, in yards per attempt with 5.1 yards per carry third in total yards with 823 um, but they're also fourth in rushing attempts, which is very interesting. Um, uh, the Niners are actually sixth in rushing attempts. So the the Falcons have run the ball more than the 49ers have. Uh, Falcons have run it 162 times. So the Niners run 152. So there's not a major discrepancy, but um, it, that is rare considering this is a Kyle Shanahan team. Um, but the, m- kind of bouncing off, off of that, I, I think my biggest concern is similar to that in that the the Falcons have pretty much, with the exception of the the Rams loss in week number two, they've kept all of their games very close. Um, no, sorry, even that one was. Sorry, I was looking at a different column. All of their games have been close. They are um, five and zero against the betting spread so far this season. So they have not lost. Um, so they've they've covered uh, in the sort of negative way, whatever you want to call that. I don't know know what the the term is for that um, for every game. So they lost by one point. They lost by four points. They lost by four points. They lost by three points. And this past week, they lost by six points and maybe a slightly favorable call for Tom Brady. I don't, I don't, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so they are managing to keep everything close. I think um, if I'm not mistaken, if they had not gotten that that call against them, they would have gotten the ball back with an opportunity to to take the lead because they were only down by six um, against the Bucks last week. So 
you called him feisty, and I think that's exactly the right word. I mean, I mean, I said they're 20th in the NFL defensively in points allowed, but they're 10th in the NFL in points scored. So they have a point differential of of four, of negative four. <laughs> they have 118 points for and 122 points against, and they're two and three. So there's there's a little bit of a bad luck that that comes into play in those regards, or you know, not making plays at a right time, but. Um, it's very interesting and it is, I I know I've said this a lot, like, um, pretty much for every game so far, save the, the Rams game. Uh, I think the one thing that I keep coming back to is don't let the opposing team stick around, like make sure that you do what they did to the, to the Panthers last week where the Panthers got close, you know, to start the third quarter. I think it was what 17 to nine or something like that. When they went for that bizarre two point conversion attempt whatever. Um, and then at that point it was, it was over from there, right? The, the Niners scored 20 points in a row and the, the game was over at that point. Um, and that's the kind of thing that you have to be able to do against a, a feisty team like the Falcons who are certainly less talented than this 49ers team, but have a couple of players in some key spots that um, would make you go. Mm, that concerns me a little bit. Like that makes me nervous. Um, so you're going to have to watch out for that. And I think the, the, the thing, the big thing is like, we have to, the Niners offense has to stay on, on track. Um, and if they can do that, then I think it's going to be okay, but it's really important for that. They kind of go for the kill and, and not let the Falcons stick around because they do have some ability to score some points um, and to, to make trouble. Um, now the good news is of course the Niners remain first in the league and points allowed so far. So that will help, um, but uh, it's something to watch out for for sure. Yeah, it, it is, and, and and one of the good things that you can kind of hopefully continues carry hope carries and continues over is Niners played their first complete game of the season last week. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was a foot on the throat approach, and hey, <laughs> no 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 reason to lit that up now. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a a, a tough game coming up next week. Uh, against the Chiefs coming into town, and then you got to travel to to Los Angeles to figure to finish out the first half of the season. Um, neither of those games is in prime time, and yet we have to keep watching the Broncos on prime time. I don't understand. Um, Let's ride. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, that that's a completely unrelated aside. I just wanted to point that out that those are both four twenty five uh, Eastern time starts. Just neither here nor there. Um, but they have that. So this is the last game that you look at it through the through the the first half quote unquote of the season and go this is a game you have to have um get yourself to four and two and then if you can put yourself in a situation where you can split um those those two games against the chiefs and the Rams, well then you're you know five and three heading into the bye and that's a good place to be um with some winnable games on the end of the schedule um with teams like uh two games against the cardinals and you got seattle coming up again and um, you know, the commanders come to town later in the year. Um, oh, Christmas Eve. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, are the Raiders any good? I don't know. But you, you want to win as many games as you can. Obviously, that goes without saying. But um, that means if you want to be um, in a position where you can you know, play for the division and play for playoffs and all that kind of stuff, you have to you have to beat these teams. And they have struggled to do that. Both of both of their losses have been against teams that you look at it and go. Oh gosh, you really should have won those games. And so um I think it's time for the Niners to sort of wash away their um 
the sort of ghosts of this season so far where they've lost two games against two teams they had no business losing to. Um, so we can wipe that away. And then hopefully from here on out, they will start beating teams that they should be beating. And um, we can stop being concerned about those things. Very true. There we go. Um, excellent. Um, all right, Peter. <laughs> pretty much spot on about that. You get through this. You know, this is kind of one of those you know, win it games that you should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I, oh, I don't like looking back at the, this game. Gosh, this team should be five and zero. It's it's stupid. Um, <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Um, all right, so uh, let's let's move into the final section here, and that's the prediction time uh, for this game. So, Peter, what do you think? How do you, how do you think this, is, this one's going to work out? I was really, I was pretty close last week. I said thirty one ten. I wasn't wasn't too far off. I gave the Niners too little credit and gave the Panthers just a slightly too much credit, but. Um, Neither here nor yeah. there. It was pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 so I, I don't think the Niners are across the thirty-point threshold, but you know, I could see this being a uh, a twenty-seven seventeen game in favor of San Francisco. So, yeah, yeah, that feels okay. I mean, I, I mean, I still, I still think the Niners' defense has enough to keep um, the the Falcons uh, under control, pretty much for the most part. Um, that seventeen would would be the second most points allowed so far this year. Um, still baffles my mind that the most is to the bears so far, but anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going uh 28, 14, the Niners are going to win. Um, you know, so two touchdown win. Um, the poor Falcons have their first game where they, uh, don't, um, get under the, the point spread, which I think is like at five and a half or something like that at this point. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a, a good win. I think probably one of those touchdowns for the Falcons is going to come late in the game. I think it's one of those things the Niners are going to jump out, you know, to to a pretty good lead, maybe get up twenty one seven and early in the game, and then just kind of ride it out to the end and not make you worry about it because that would be really nice to to get one of those. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Those those ones are fine. <laughs> I have no problem with that. It's the best that's guy. A, that's a play. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Peter, any final thoughts for, uh, for this week before we close things up for, for, for this preview pod? No, no, nobody get hurt. How about that? Yeah. A week, a week without injuries would be fantastic. Um, I'm all for Mm -hmm. it. Um, because we, I don't think they can fit any more players on the screen. I think they've run out of space. That's how it works, right? Yeah, you There's a finite number <laughs> of players on the screen. Um, you have to good, take out another uh, domain space on the That's on the right, 49ers.com yeah. slash injury two. Um, yep. Bummer, bummer, bummer. All right, cool. Well, um, thanks, uh, as always, for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.